Extra, extra, read all about it. This is Peter Atkinson with the Merry Beggars, and we are very excited to launch our first ever contest. If you win, you'll get your very own giant on the night train poster. To enter, create a piece of artwork based on the night train. You can paint the night train stuck in an avalanche, draw your favorite characters or scenes from the show, or anything else you can imagine. For more information, visit onthenighttrain.com slash contest. Submissions are due November 27. And now, enjoy On the Night Train. The Merry Beggars presents... All aboard! On the Night Train. Episode 10, Idling Bison. I've never been on the outside of a moving train before. This is absolutely thrilling. Be careful, Paul. Don't lean on the railing. Harold said they use this back platform on the luggage car for signaling. They take the signal flags from the luggage car and wave them out the back to communicate with signalmen as they pass through a station. You've learned a lot from Harold and Sam since we've got on the night train. Can you believe it's only been three days? Three amazing days. I'm a railroad man now. Just look. Look at those long, straight gray lines going all the way to the horizon. It's amazing. I wish I could talk to Dad about it. He'd tell us all of his amazing stories. He would. And I'm sure that riding through Nebraska reminds him of all the stories he hasn't told us yet. Edith, do you think Dad knows Mama's on the train? I don't know. If he sees her, he'll know. Mama's disguise wouldn't fool him. I wish I knew why Mama's ignoring us. She must have a good reason for being in disguise, right, Edith? Of course she does. But it makes me feel awful inside, thinking of Mama hiding from Daddy and us. I know. I feel the same way. But she's doing what she has to do, I guess. Mr. Pullman banned us and Mama from being on the night train. If she rode on the train as Mrs. Mallard, Dad would lose his job. She must be in disguise for the same reason we're pretending to be the Stalwarts, so that Mr. Pullman won't find out we're on board and fire Daddy. That's right. We'll get to be together once we get to Sacramento. If we ever get there, that is. Exactly. If we ever get to Sacramento. Because someone on board is going to do whatever it takes to stop the night train. Yes. That's what the last telegram said. Whatever it takes, stop them before the end of the rails. We have to find out who owns that carpet bag. And we can't do that if we just continue to hide out here in the luggage cart. We have to do something. Whoever owns that bag is the person who is working for Wagner. They're the one who got the telegram while we were in Omaha. Edith, that's obvious. What I meant is who is that person? I don't know. Well, we'll have to find out. Otherwise, they'll keep sabotaging us. And we'll be another train wreck. Oh, Paul, I'm frightened. We just have to find them before they get the chance. But how? That's what we have to figure out, Edith. We have to help Dad get to Sacramento safe and sound by finding whoever it is that wants to stop this train. If we do that, then even Mr. Pullman can't be mad at us if somebody does discover that we're stowaways. Okay, Paul, you're right. We need to come up with a plan. I hope we get to California fast. Do you think it looks much different from Illinois? Mama said there are orange trees and the ocean, I think it's brighter, and there are gold mines. Gold? I hope we find some, and I'm excited to get to see the Sierra Nevada mountains. Those will be incredible. 
Not like here in Nebraska that looks pretty much the same as Illinois. This whole journey is incredible. And we're making good time. We should get into Cheyenne pretty soon. That's our next stop. And that's when we'll continue our investigation. I hope we get there without any more accidents. They tried blowing up the boiler, starting an avalanche with an explosion, and damaging the Union Pacific Bridge. What else could they do? I don't know, Paul. I just wish we knew Mama's plan. Come on, let's go back inside the luggage car. It's getting cold out here. We can't just wait for another sabotage. And we can't wait for Mama to tell us her plan. We have to stop the sabotage before it happens. Exactly. So what should we do to find out who owns the carpet bag? There's no label on it, and the clasp is locked. I've tried to break the lock, but it's pretty strong. We have to be detectives. Let's go investigate Kate Smith and Dopey Dad. They're top suspects. We could search the rooms. How could we do that without getting caught? We'll find a time when they're in the dining car eating. We can sneak in and explore their rooms. Maybe we'll find out about Kate Smith's lamb or Dopey Dad's plots. Wait a second. Is the train moving slower, Edie? You're right. I didn't notice it. What? What's going on? Is the train stopping? I don't know. Come on, let's go out on the platform again and look around. Where are we? We're certainly not in Cheyenne. There isn't a train station in sight. All I see is cornfields. There's nothing to stop for here. We're supposed to be driving fast as we can to California. What is Dad thinking? It might not be Dad stopping the train. It could be another sabotage. But I didn't hear an explosion or any crash sounds. It's almost four o'clock. The Wagner train is going to have such a big lead on us. We'll never beat them. Paul, duck down below the platform railing. Easy there, Edith. You don't need to grab me like that. Dad is coming behind the train with two other men. Dad? Yes, with two others. Shh. Do you think he'll come to the luggage car? I don't know. Sam and another man who works with the crew are with him. I want to see what's going on. Stay down, Paul. We can't be discovered or Dad will lose his job. I'll just peek over the railing. Careful. Okay, what do you see? It's Dad, Sam, and another guy. Dad's walking fast. He's got his fists all clenched tight. That's what he does when he's really mad. I bet another sabotage happened. But we didn't hear an explosion, and we're in the middle of a field. What could have happened? Bison! Listen! I heard a bison crossing our tracks. Who knows how long we'll be idling here. Bison? What do bison look like? I don't know. I've never seen one. I'm so sorry, sir. There is nothing to be done but wait for the bison to cross. I know that, Mr. Lewis. And I'd be delighted to watch the bison if it wasn't for the fact that you tell me we're running out of fuel. Oh, that's no good. Yes, sir. How could we possibly have taken on the wrong kind of coal? Didn't you look inside the bags? You're professionals, not schoolboys picking up pieces of coal on the tracks as we whizzed by. We didn't have time. With the shortened stop, I didn't have time to look closely at the two different kinds of coal. They, they look so similar. That's your job, Jerry. We are facing incredible and dangerous obstacles. We can't afford sloppy work. I'm really sorry, Mr. Mallard. I, I really am. I opened it up and looked. It looks the same. Bituminous coal does not look the same, and it certainly does not burn the same. We can't get half as far on bituminous as we can with sub-bituminous. Thanks to the bison crossing the track right now, we'll probably burn all this half-rate coal we have as we idled here in the middle of nowhere, Nebraska. We'll be lucky if we make it over the next hill. If we have the right kind of coal, this wouldn't be a problem. I'm sorry, Mr. Mallory. 
Sam, didn't you inspect the coal? Yes, sir. I inspected the coal. And you didn't notice that it was the wrong type either? I did not see that someone had loaded the wrong kind of coal onto the night train. I apologize for that, Mr. Mallard. It was Sam's fault? But Sam's the best conductor in the world! Even the best conductors make mistakes, Paul. But this is a big mistake, Edith! A big mistake! It's your responsibility, Sam. You cannot put that on anyone else. Yes, sir. I don't intend to, sir. And once you realize that we are the wrong kind of fuel, neither of you thought it important to tell me? I, uh, no, sir. And because of that, we've had to drive the night train at half speed to conserve fuel. And now we are stopped on the tracks, idling our insufficient coal fuel away, with no way of getting the proper coal we need as we wait for our herd of bison to finish crossing the line. I am aware, Mr. Mallard. Unless, of course, you're willing to walk the 55 miles to Cheyenne and get the right kind of coal. I can do that, sir. Oh, how much coal can you carry on your back, Jerry? I'm sorry, I don't mean that. We don't have time to walk to Cheyenne from here. We'll have to wait it out and hope we can make up the time. It's another sabotage. It must be someone from the Wagner Company, right? Pullman isn't going to be happy. We were supposed to be in Cheyenne four hours ago. Mr. Pullman will have to deal with the reality of our situation. If you say so, Will. We are doing our best, aren't we? We cannot run our way through a herd of bison. Yes, sir. We're never going to get to Sacramento at this rate. Mallard! William Mallard! The jig is up! I won't stand for this any longer! Get this blasted train moving! Who's that? It's Rudy Ackerman. He just jumped out of the lounge car. He's running through the snow towards Dad. He's all red in the face. I don't think he runs a lot. Mallard! Blasted William Mallard! Uh, I'm gonna run back to the engine and, um, uh, make sure that the coal is, uh... Thank you, Jerry. Ackerman. Be respectful, Sam. William Mallard! I demand to know what has stopped the night train this time! Good afternoon, Mr. Ackerman. We're waiting for a herd of bison to finish crossing the tracks. Bison? But why are you out of the train? Chatting the day away? Shouldn't you be up in the engine? Ready to start moving as soon as possible? Yes, Mr. Ackerman. I was meeting with my fireman and conductor off the train to speak with them confidentially. I am sure you remember Mr. Sam Lewis, our conductor. Confidential? Why on earth would you need a confidential meeting? We have a train to move, Mr. Mallard. Mr. Pullman's train. As Pullman's representative on board, I demand to know what the crew is confidentially discussing. I am happy to explain. However, it is important that this information remains confidential. Make sure George Pullman hears about this. I feel horrible for Daddy. If the night train doesn't win the race, he'll definitely lose his job. Yeah, we have to stop the sabotages. How can we help Dad while we're being stowaways? You are certainly free to do that, Mr. Ackerman, but it won't be necessary. I have been sending Mr. Pullman detailed reports on our progress at every stop. So have I. Excellent. That makes two of us, then. (laughs) Stop beating around the bush and explain to me. (sighs) Explain to me. Why the night train is stranded in Nebraska instead of on its way to Cheyenne? The Midnight Express is winning, Mr. Mallard, winning! Do you hear? As I said, we are waiting for a herd of bison to finish crossing the tracks. Waiting for... waiting for a herd of bison? 
Move them along, then. Have you traveled through the Great Plains before, Mr. Ackerman? I am a Chicago businessman. Do I look like the type of hoofer who wanders around the Great Plains? Unlike in Chicago, bison cross the tracks out here. It happens whether we like it or not. Well, why aren't you hurrying them along, then? Why do a herd of bison require you to have a confidential meeting with your crew? Hmm? What are you hiding, Mallard? The bison crossing revealed another secondary issue. We took on subbituminous rather than bituminous coal. Subtumeric? What? What are you talking about, man? It would appear that one of the railroad workers at the Omaha station loaded the wrong type of coal onto the night train. The, the, the wrong type of coal? What's wrong with it? Subbituminous coal does not burn as well as the bituminous type. We can't run the train as fast or as far on it. Since we are delayed by the bison and forced to idle here on the track, we are in danger of not having enough fuel to get to Cheyenne. Not enough fuel to get to Cheyenne? This is absurd! It is frustrating. It was an error on the part of my crew that we did not catch the mistake before we left Omaha. But I bear the ultimate responsibility. This is... It's... It's... Poppycock! Doodles of delays and excuses. We start with the boiler exploding in Chicago. That seems odd enough. Then an avalanche, which I understood because it's winter in the north. And then the Union Pacific Bridge struts and sways all down. I naively thought that when we left Omaha, it would be smooth sailing to Sacramento. The railroad is a dangerous business, Mr. Ackerman. Sam's right. What did Rudy expect? Dangerous! These aren't normal accidents, Mr. Sam Lewis. These are... I don't know what they are. The result of incompetence? The result of Mallard's ineptitude? Pullman will not be pleased. These accidents are complicating my work aboard this train. What is Rudy Ackerman's job again? I apologize for the inconvenience, Mr. Ackerman. I think he writes advertisements for the Pullman sleepers. We are stranded, marooned, near an inconsequential cornfield in the middle of nowhere. Nebraska. I understand your frustration. Tomorrow is January 5th. January 5, 1880 marks my 20th anniversary of working for George Pullman. I know better than anyone on board what the Pullman values mean. Safety, reliability, luxury. This historic night train has exhibited none of these qualities, except maybe that we have been reliably slow, incompetent, and ill-prepared. These accidents are out of my control. Oh, out of your control. Out of your control. Your poor management and inept, lazy crew are responsible for our sloppy progress. Faulty inspections resulted in both the boiler and coal disasters out of control indeed. We'll see if your job Mr. is out of Ackerman, my control. Mr. Pullman said that the boiler explosion was due to faulty materials. As for the journey, we are doing everything in our power to bring the night train safe. 
safely to Sacramento. Oh, don't tell me. You buy that, do you? Mr. Pullman was covering for you and your crew. That boiler was made by the best craftsmen in America. They didn't make mistakes. You did. Mr. Ackerman. Webster Wagner's train isn't delayed by avalanches or being buried in bison. Why are we? Wagner's Midnight Express is humming along and we are losing, Mr. Mallard. Losing. Mr. Ackerman. We are in a race, Mr. Mallard. The race of the century. The race across America. Wagner versus Pullman. The night train versus the midnight express. Who will get to California first? I'll tell you what it looks like now. Three days into the race, Pullman's night train is stranded among the squatters and corn huskers and bug eaters of Nebraska. How's that? for a headline while the Midnight Express is zipping along like a shooting star sent on a heavenly mission to Bethlehem. Mr. Ackerman, I understand your concerns. I don't want to be stranded in Nebraska any more than you do. We will finish this discussion at another time. If this train is not speeding along within the hour, your job will be toast, Will Mallard. Pullman does not suffer fools. We are done here. For the safety of the Pullman night train, I need to go. Look, our passengers are getting off the night train at present to look at the bison. I need to go. I will speak with you later. Dad looks furious. This is outrageous. I apologize, Mr. Ackerman, that we did not foresee this incident. We will do what we can to maintain the faith of our passengers in the Pullman promise. We have to give Will Mallard the best possible chance at redeeming this night train. He's had enough chances! But is there anyone here who can take his place as the train manager? Ah, not in the middle of nowhere, Nebraska. We need him. If he doesn't get the night train moving, in 38 minutes, this little bit of track might look a lot like the train tracks in Revere, Massachusetts, on the evening of August 26th, 1871. What do you mean? Don't you know the Great Revere train wreck of 1871? Oh, what are you talking about? <gasps> oh no! The Eastern Railroad's Portland Express slammed into the rear of a stopped local train at Revere. Good God, save us. Wow, that's frightening. It's more than frightening, Paul. It's disastrous! 38 minutes, Sam said. I hope the bison move. Come on, Paul. Back into the luggage car. I'm freezing. Just one catastrophe after another. First explosions, now bison, and the wrong kind of coal. Perhaps Arthur will find out who in Omaha messed up the bridge. I bet you it's the same person who sabotaged the coal, too. Paul, don't you think it could have been an honest mistake? An honest mistake? On top of everything else, Edith? I don't think so. Dad wouldn't let that happen. This is sabotage. Well, sabotage or not, we're stuck here. And the Wagner train is beating us. Isn't there anything we can do? We're miles away from any train station. Cheyenne is the closest one, and that's 55 miles away. We have to do something. Right. Well, we just have to pray that the night train still has enough fuel to get to Cheyenne after all the bison get off the tracks. Well, I'm not going to just wait in the luggage car until the Midnight Express wins the race. We've waited long enough. We have to go do something. But what? Let's take a look at these bison. I've never seen a herd of bison before. But what about being stowaways, Paul? 
We have to hide to protect Dad. It's all right, Edith. I can see. Dad's not outside. I'm going to get my coat. We got to go help him. Paul, wait for me. I need to get my coat on. I don't have time to wait, Edith. The night train needs to get moving. I'm coming. I'm coming. It's so icy. I'm slipping all over the place. Hurry up, Edith. The bison are in front of the train. But, Paul, we can't let Daddy see us, or Sam, or Mrs. Crocker. We have to hide. I don't care if Mrs. Maddie Crocker sees me. We just have to get to California. Look. Wow. Bison. They're so big and strong. Yeah, look at that big one with the muddy fur. One of its horns is broken. Oh, I see it. It's the biggest one in the herd. It looks like it's fought a lot. For sure. It's the warrior bison, the leader. Oh, Paul, do you see the sweet one over there? It just came across the railroad tracks. The light brown one, it's all fuzzy. The warrior bison is even taller than Daddy. It's gotta be like seven feet tall. Why do they walk with their heads down, looking at the snow? They look pretty dumb. I bet you I could be a bison herder. These bison are huge, Paul, but they're slow. I can take them. I've never seen an animal this big before. I can take them. I can take them. I'm going to drive the whole herd of bison away. Paul, ah, Paul, where are go. you running? Hurry up. We have Get to stay hidden. How do you think you're going to drive away a whole herd of bison? You're just a tiny 10-year-old no, no, boy. You're not even five feet tall. These animals are huge. What a sight! All those strong and shaggy bison. It's terrifyingly wonderful. Your little Paul, no bison is going to be scared of you. I can take him. I'm going to save the night train. What is that little boy doing? Is he out of his mind? The bison will trample him. He appears to be screaming and running after the bison. What parent would allow his child to run around screaming like a banshee? Oh my, I, I don't think this is going to work. Paul! Paul! He's hard to see in the midst of all those animals. How does that boy still have air left in his lungs to keep shouting? He's like a fire alarm. The bison don't seem too concerned with him. The boy is trying to hit them with a stick. Who is responsible for that child? I don't want to see him hurt. Harold! Harold the porter! Come quick! Paul! Paul! The warrior bison is looking at you, and his tail is straight up in the air. I don't think that's good. The little boy's gonna start a stampede if he isn't careful. Little boy? I don't see a little boy. Are there children on the night train? Oh no, it's Mrs. Crocker. If she recognizes Paul, then she'll know we're mallards, not stoutwards. Yes, the two stoutward children. Stoutward children? Edith, there you are. What is going on? Harold! Paul is running around like a chicken with his head cut off trying to scare the bison. And Mrs. Crocker is right here. She's going to discover that we're the... Mallards! Step back behind this sleeper. Out of sight, Edith. I'll go get him. Okay, before Mrs. Crocker can make out who he is, be careful, Harold! Stoutward kids. Like stout, as in chubby or plump, and word, as in forward. Oh, I'm surprised I haven't seen the stoutward children before now. I can't quite see the little boy from here. They're nice children. I haven't met their parents yet. How odd. Oh, good. The porter is here. Stop the shouting child, Harold! The child! I'll take care of him, ma'am. Paul! Paul Stoutwood! Paul! 
Matty, I've persuaded George to come take a stroll along this cornfield here with me and take a closer look at the bison. Would you like to come along? Oh, yes, Professor. I'd be happy to. Kate, dear, will you come along, too? I suppose. I prefer barnyard animals to bison. But I suppose these wild creatures have their own charms. Mrs. Smith, Maddie, so glad you're joining George and me. This stop is, of course, rather unfortunate, but as that porter said when the train stopped, what a spontaneous opportunity for some first-hand research. Indeed. Bison are almost extinct, you know. Mass slaughter in 1871 for their hides and all that. Two million dead. Paul! Paul, stop work! Say there'll be only 300 or so left Paul! Get over here! Now! Hi, Harold! I've been trying to hurry up the bison! You're attracting attention. Maddie Crocker could have seen you. You're supposed to be hiding. Come over here behind the sleepers. I'm just scaring the bison away so the, the night train can start moving again. Get over here, between the sleeper cars. Mrs. Crocker saw you. Maddie Crocker? Yes. She wasn't close enough to make out who you were, but she almost recognized you. And now she's looking for the Stoutward kids. That's us! Oh. You almost got yourself and your sister discovered, Paul. What would happen to your father then? The bison are walking to find a place where the snow isn't too deep so that they can find some food. Nothing is going to make them move an inch faster. And Paul? Bison are agile and fast. You could have been hurt. But we can't let the night train be slowed down anymore if we want to beat the Midnight Express. It's a herd of bison, Paul. They will be gone soon enough. There's no sense in rushing them. These Great Plains are their land. We're just visitors passing through. Visitors? Nebraska is their home, not yours, Paul. Look at them. Bison always walk in a straight line. Did you know that? They know exactly where they are going. If they have to cross the iron road, us railroad men laid, they do. They have their own roads, much older than ours. Wow. Dad said that we might run out of fuel if we keep idling here and waiting for all the bison to cross. Why would we run out of fuel? We just took on a whole load of it in Omaha. It was the wrong kind, subtometric. Good Lord. I need to go and look after my passengers in the lounge car. They will be getting restless, and Will Mallard doesn't need another problem to add to his troubles. But first, I told your father about the tools and the telegram you found out by the bridge. You said you wouldn't! Did you tell him it was us? Does he know that we're on board now? Harold, if Daddy knows that we're on board, he'll lose his job because Mr. Pullman banned us and- I know, I know, Edith. I did not tell him who found the tools by the bridge. I only told him that a friend of the night train found it, and I thought that I should bring it to his attention. Oh. What did he say? Well, he was deeply concerned. And now he knows he'll be keeping a watchful eye out. Does he know that someone on the night train is trying to sabotage us? And Harold, we have to tell you about the carpet bag. Not now. Passengers are around. Now would you two please go back to the luggage car? We can talk about all of that later. But we've got to invest Get back on the train, Paul. With your dad, Maddie Crocker, and your mom on the night train, you have more chances of being found out than ever. I need you to stay hidden. Yes, Harold. And that means you too, Paul. Yes, Harold. I'll come find you all later. You stay in the train this time. Please? Since you're coming with us to Sacramento, we need you to stay safe until then. 
I don't want you two to be left behind. We will. We will. Bye, Harold. I'll see you later. Get back in the luggage car. Now. Sometimes I wish we could have just gone home to Chicago. Edith, home isn't Chicago anymore. Dad and Mama are on the night train, so this is home. I know. Edith, Dad is depending on us to be detectives and protect him. We have to save the night train. But how? Nothing we've discovered makes any sense. Two telegrams, a ladle lamb, tools by the bridge. So far, it looks like Kate or Dopey Dad could be guilty. But why would they be trying to stop the night train? It doesn't make any sense to me. But it has to be someone on the night train. Remember the carpetbag telegram? Whatever it takes, stop them before the end of the rails. I remember. I remember. That proves it. It has to be one of the passengers. Edith, I've got an idea. Yes? All the passengers are still outside watching the bison. This is the perfect time to go and spy. What should we do? Kate Smith and Dobie Dad are out looking at the bison. Let's go through our suspects, roommates, and the sleepers. First Dobie Dad, and then Kate Smith. You think we'll find something? If they're really trying to stop the night train, there has to be some clue. Come on, we don't have much time. We have to find out who owns the carpet bag and what the last telegram was about. What did it say again? Whatever it takes, stop them before the end of the rails. That's right. There is definitely going to be another sabotage, Edith, and it's someone on this train. We have to figure out what it will be before it happens. Okay, I hope we do. Here's the sleeper car. Come on, we have to hurry before they return to the rooms. Which room is Dolby Dad's? I don't know. I think this one. Let's try it. The door is open. I think this is the right room. Yes, there's a heavy jacket hanging off the bed. It's definitely Doby Dad's room. Chock full of books and papers and maps. Wow, that's a whole map of America with pins all over it. Do you think those pins are marking all the places he's been? If it is, he's been to a lot of places. New York, Pennsylvania, Iowa, Nebraska. Maybe he travels so much because he's a writer. I'm gonna look through these books. He has so many books. I thought he said he was a teacher. Wait a moment, Edith. What? Look where his pins are. He has one in Chicago and two in Iowa. So? Those are just along the night train journey. But those are where the sabotages have taken place. He's marking where the night train has been sabotaged. You're right. And there's a pin in Utah. I bet you that's where the next sabotage will be. And Paul, look at these books on his desk. A History of Train Wrecks in America, a guide to maintenance and mechanics of train engines, and this one. The Danger of the Railroads, a technical guide to the combustion engine. This doesn't look good, Paul. This is so equivocating. Incriminating. Whoever came up with the sabotage idea has to be an expert on trains. It could be him. He must own every train book ever written. You're right. The telegram said, if through the snow, cut struts and sways for a lamb's tongue. Only a railroad man would understand that lamb's tongue means they get a generous reward for sabotaging our night train. Why'd they blow the whistle? Dad must be trying to hurry up the bison. <laughs> the whistle is definitely louder than me. Let's go check out the floofy lady's room. The bison will finish crossing the train track soon, and then the passengers will come back to their rooms. We're running out of time to investigate. Are you sure we have to investigate Kate Smith's room too, Paul? I don't even know which one is hers. Edith, Dad's job is in danger. We have to investigate everything. 
I know Kate's room is in this card, but I'm not sure which one it is. Try the one on the right. I'll wait here and look out and make sure no one is coming. Okay. It's this one, Edith. Come here. How can you tell? This is the floofy lady's room, all right. It has a whole bunch of floofy dresses. Come on. She has so many clothes in here. It's awfully cramped and stuffy. Stay right by the door and keep watch. The passengers would be coming back in any minute. Okay. I don't really see anything out of the ordinary, Paul. It's clean. She has a pair of light blue gloves and a few fashion magazines on her bed. Look harder, Edith. Open the suitcase. Look on the shelf. Search, Edith. I'm nervous, Paul. What if Kate Smith comes back and discovers us? Edith, the night train is in danger. We have to investigate. We're detectives. This is what we do. I don't like being a detective. Ouch! What is it? I stubbed my toe on a chest. Well, investigate it. I'll take a peek inside. Whoa! Jewels! Huge rubies and emeralds and diamonds all under her bed. Oh boy, Kate Smith isn't going to get away with this. Someone just came in. Phew, it's just Harold. We have time. Snake's alive! Never mind, Edith. Kate Smith is in the sleeper! Oh no! She'll catch us in her bedroom with her jewels all over the floor. Hurry up! Get the jewels back in the box! She's coming closer! I can see her! Good evening, Mrs. Smith. Harold the Porter, how are you tonight? Very well, ma'am. And you? <gasps> Snake's alive! She's gonna discover us! Get the jewels back in the box, Edith! I knew we shouldn't be here! There's no way out besides the door, unless we jump out the window! All the jewels are in her chest! Oh dear, there's three more in the corner. Oh, I hope she won't notice that everything's been tossed around. The window's not too far from the ground. I'd say six or seven feet at the most. We could make it. The window is far too small for us to climb out. And it's locked! Maybe, maybe we can sneak out behind the door before she notices. That would take a miracle. Quiet, Edith. I'm going to take a peek into the hall. Something has given me quite a headache. I might be able to help you with that. Would you like a cup of tea? Now that you mention it, a cup of tea and a slice of pan-seared lamb would be excellent. I'm sorry to say that lamb is not on the menu today. Oh, I gave a package of lamb meat to Barney in Omaha. It should be in the kitchen. Do you think the cook would mind tossing it on the stove for me? Let's get out of here while Harold talks to her. Okay, but quickly, slide out behind me. Don't make a sound. I'll open the door just big enough so we fit. Thank you for your understanding, Mrs. Smith. I know how difficult most passengers must be to take care of. They must behave like children. I'm a mother, after all. Yes, ma'am. A great accomplishment. Come on now! That remains to be seen. We'll see how my son fares in Washington. If his political career ends in disaster... we won't make it. She'll turn around any moment now. We'll just run into the next compartment. She won't see us then. Another passenger's room? Oh, Paul! Thank God for Alexander Hamilton. I don't know where our family would be without him. She's coming our way. Oh, please bring me that tea, Harold. I'd appreciate it. Certainly. Quick, into the next compartment! Are you sure it's empty? Go, hide! We're in! That was a close one. It was worth it. We found out their secrets. Dobie Dad is studying train accidents, and Kate Smith is hiding jewels. She probably stole them. But who is guilty? Uh, both of them? I don't know, Edie. We still have to find out who owns the carpet bag with the telegram. The telegram said, 
Whatever it takes, stop them before the end of the rails. They'll keep trying to sabotage the night train until we get to Sacramento. If we ever do get there. It's so dark in here. Somebody covered up the windows. I can't see my own hands. Do you think it's safe to go out? Whosoever room this is could come back soon. We have to stay here until the coast is clear. Home again, home again, jiggity jog. And such a fruitful delay it was. I've never encountered a wild bison before. They say five years from now, American bison will be extinct. Tis a pity, but that's how the world works. The passengers are coming back to their rooms. Time is of the essence in railroad business. George Pullman taught me that. I do like a good bison, Patty. I hope this isn't their room. Shh, Edith, they'll be gone soon. Just wait a moment. Railroad excursion for my research. What's it like? Slightly sweet. A mellow, earthy taste from the high iron content, you know. It is more delicate than beef, not gamey yeah, in Fascinating, Professor. And how long have you been researching the railroad? What was that? For years. The railroad has been my pet project through all my time in academia. We're not alone, Paul. This room isn't empty. I think someone is in the bed there, taking a nap. Stay sure very still. to my compartment for a glass of something stimulating. Professor, I've had a long day. Sounds like an excellent plan. Whose room are we in? I don't know. Hopefully someone who sleeps soundly. Huh? Who is it? Snake's alive. We need to get out of here. Be still, Paul. Maybe she'll go back to sleep and not notice us. Who's here? Who's here? What? What? What are you doing in my room? Snake's alive. The door's stuck. We can't get out. We have to get out, Paul. Where's the door handle? It's pitch black in here. Uh, we need to get out of this here. This is my room. The handle's stuck. Who are you? The and door won't move. What are you doing in here? Open the door, Paul. Is stuck. something the matter? Snake's alive. Help me pull Edith. Paul? Paul Emerson Mallard? Is that you? Mama? You've been listening to On the Night Train, The Race Across America, an original audio adventure from the Merry Beggars. If you're enjoying On the Night Train, share the story with a friend or family member now and bring them on board the night train. You can send them to onthenighttrain.com slash subscribe. Leave a rating and a review so the adventure can be found by families all across America. Come back next Sunday at 6 p.m. Central to hear Episode 11 of On the Night Train. Listen live on the relevant radio network, coast to coast, at onthenighttrain.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a rating and review to help others discover and enjoy On the Night Train. To catch up on episodes you've missed, to meet the night train passengers, and to explore the train cars, go to onthenighttrain.com. On the Night Train was written by Kylie Hatch, Directed by Peter Atkinson. Casting by Michaela Elise Fox. Script development by Buzz McLaughlin. Sound design by Kevin Conroy. Sound recording by Teresa Pascal. Edith was performed by Liliana Renee Renteria. Paul was Noah Bush. Harold was Kellyon Maston. Sam was Brian Middlestadt. Will Mallard was Gabriel Fries. Luis Mallard was Lydia Hanman. Kate Smith was Susie Kruckerberg. Professor Dopey Dad was Andrew Pond. Rudy Ackerman was Michael Wolner. Maddie Crocker was Anna Silva. George Crocker was Andrew Kerr. And Jerry was performed by Marcelo Wright. 
The Merry Beggars is the entertainment division of Relevant Radio, bringing Christ to the world through the media.